Right, I'm going to hand over to Jeeves, who will uh, lead us in, in the preach today. Amazing. Right. Can you hear me? Everyone okay? Everything good? I presume there's thumbs up going on. Beautiful. Well, look, good morning, everyone. Um, if you're new joining us, my name is Jeeves. I have the privilege of overseeing the youth work uh, with my wonderful, gorgeous wife, Catherine. Uh, and during this series, we're going through what is the church values. And we are going through a reset series to kind of help us as Ian so helpfully took us on this journey to kind of remind us what the church values are, but also to help us align to um, us as one body united in Christ, also grounded in understanding what the church values are. Um, I've so loved um, preparing for this whole series. I've so loved kind of talking it through. And I've so loved seeing different people joining different parts of this. So for example, Dave, thank you so much for leading your worship today. That what a wonderful thing it was. Um, for those who joined the prayer meeting, uh, what a time we had to pray together. For those who joined the deep dive, what a great time for us to dive deeper to understand discipleship better. Uh, we've got a connect group this week where we're going to be looking at um, the first two values. And then soon we're going to be doing other things to try and engage more people. And that's what I really love about our Reset series. That it's not just us preaching, because it can't be. It can't just be a series that us just preaching and that's it. But it's a series for us to really understand the values, but then actively start implementing them. So today is no different. And I set that kind of, um, kind of, uh, I suppose, context for this to make sure that as we're going through these values, as we're going through this series over the next few weeks, we're not just looking at kind of what the theological standpoint of it is, but we're also looking at how we apply it. So in the same way, uh, we're going to be using Menti after this to be interactive. We're also going to be having a breakout room specifically if you want prayer. So look forward to that. But we're going to just, I'm just going to remind you quickly about last week, Ian looked at discipleship. And the kind of heading of that is deepening our walk by deepening our faith. And we intentionally started with that because though it's all grounded on Christ, it's as if discipleship is the first brick that the others are kind of leaned and, and gathered upon. We need to make sure we fully understand discipleship, i.e. Matthew 28, make disciples the great command that God called us to do, so that all the other values that come into it are grounded understanding that what we are doing is continue being disciples. So we started with this intentionally. The next one we're looking at today is empowered. It, it, we wanted it all in the one word, but the full title of this one is empowered by the Holy Spirit. But in terms of one word, empower, I think it encapsulates it kind of well. Thank you, very catchy. So the, the heading of this is actively enjoying the glory and joy of God. Actively enjoying the glory and joy of God. What a wonderful thing it is that this is part of our walk. In fact, even before I go into this, no other religion looks at the active side of enjoying the glory and the magnitude and the joy of God. So this is a great one. And I'm so thankful that this is one of our values 
that we say as Hope Church we're going to do. So let's dive in. We've got three that we're going to go through. I might be speaking a little bit fast. I'll try and slow down. I have got a timer. Um, I've updated myself by using my phone. But I have got my timer to make sure we're on time. And we'll take from there. Let me pray. Holy Spirit, come have your way. Come move as we dive in deeper to understand what being empowered means. We look to you, and as we go through this, we want to be participants of faith to enjoy the glory of God, we pray. In your holy name, amen. Amen. All right, let's start. The first phrase is it, the presence of God. Uh, as Ian wished, I wish as well, that we had someone speaking these in a wonderful voice, but I, you have to do with me. So, the presence of God, a place where we seek after God, value and enjoy the tangible presence of God. A place where we love and honour God and have a relationship with him. And a place where we desire to know God, not merely know about him. Yeah, amazing. So, starting last week, we looked at sanctification. Well, remember, due to the justification of Christ, for us to be once saved, always saved, and the continued process of sanctification, this process that we are becoming more like Christ, we have been blessed with the absolute privilege of living with God. It's not something that he's doing from afar, but we have the privilege of living with him. In fact, Jesus, during his ministry, continues to drop in this fact that there will be a time coming where we'll be living with him. He says in John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. He hints during his ministry that there will come a time where Jesus, as the physical person and obviously complete God that he is, will not be on earth, but he will be sending a helper to be with us. God, in the form of the Holy Spirit, in the, in the person of the Holy Spirit, to live with us to help us as we walk. This is one of the greatest privileges we get as being a Christian. Because what Jesus has done by dying on the cross, by us being justified by Christ, and this continued process of sanctified by Christ, we get to enjoy God forever. And forever doesn't start when I die on earth, forever starts when I die to myself and I become alive in Christ, and it starts on earth and it continues for all eternity. Let's just take stock of that for a second. Because I think it's so easy as Christians, and when we talk about Trinity and kind of Father God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, for us to skip over this kind of big thing. We get God, the creator of all things, the being of all, the all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving. We get God that in the Old Testament, they didn't get the same thing. They had to go to a temple temple to try and find some way to enter into a certain place but they still couldn't get to the holy holies we get God that after Jesus and all that he's done that we can be completely saved and loved by Christ we get God continually every day of our lives to enjoy a walk with him we get God walking with us in the form of the Holy Spirit this is phenomenal I could stop here and, and, and I could continue to just talk about this for this whole value, and I, and I know I can't, but this is an amazing thing we get 
as part of our walk as being a Christian. And the Bible talks so many times about the refreshingness and the joy that comes from being with God who chooses to be with us. In fact, again, I could spend the whole of this morning, if I could spend all of today quoting verse after verse about God wanting to be with us. I won't because I know no one will like that. But let me just share a few of you. Let me look at Psalms. Um, in, in Psalms, let me just pick out three. Psalms 115. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. And we know that he pleases him to be with us. He pleases. It's not by chore that he gets to be with us, but it's by his pleasure that God actively looks to be with us. By his pleasure, Jesus was sent to the cross in this most gruesome way so that God could be with us. So we could be justified and be with God. He does what he pleases. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of its availing love. Psalm 33, 4 to 5. The earth is full of its availing love. You can't just sprinkle like a power of love and it's just done. A love is something that you act upon. It's a, it's a choice. And the earth is full of it. We get to be participants in God's unfailing love. Psalm 105. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Just understand this for a second. I don't need to find some mechanism or way or ritual to call on the Lord. And this is David writing this before Jesus. And I get more than David did. I get a call on the Lord and enjoy the Holy Spirit daily. It's tremendous. That's just Psalms. Let's look at one verse in the old and one verse in the new. Hebrews 4.16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Just phenomenal. Isaiah 2.3. And many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. I quote all of these to make sure that there's biblical grounding from what I am passionately expressing, which is God actively seeks to be with us. His presence actively seeks to be with us. And guess what we get to do? We get to actively seek to be with him. It's not... Um, when you look at the Holy Spirit, it's not like an optional side dish of the Christianity faith. It's part of the main meal. It's part of the main deal that we get to actively seek after the Holy Spirit, actively seek after the presence of God. This deepening love that pours into us is a recognising the complete adoption that comes from Jesus. Um, uh, the, the, Oh, no, I didn't quote it. Okay. 1 John 3 verse 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The beloved Father, the Saviour, sends the Holy Spirit because we are children of God. 
It isn't about being passive and watching on. You don't have a child kind of just passive and watching on from their father or their mother or their parent, but they actively engage in the love that comes from them. And we get to do the same, actively engage and dive deeper with Christ. Terry Virgo, in probably one of his greatest books that he wrote in the Spirit-filled Church, he writes this, this phrase, the really important question of us to face as we look at, uh, as we like the early church, are we like the early Christians, rejoicing and praising God, filled with gladness and joy, so that we are we amaze the world and make them think at times that we are filled with new wine. Let us avoid all excesses. Let everything be done decently and in order, but above all, quench not the spirit, rather be filled with the spirit and give evidence of the fact you are. That, that quote is a challenge to us because as God wants to meet with us, the challenge is, are we actively seeking after the Holy Spirit? And this idea of not quenching the Holy Spirit is such an important thing. It's such an important thing that we get in our minds that we need to make sure that what we're not doing is limiting or quenching, but we are fully enjoying. Let me explain. When I was a kid and growing up, I don't know if you remember, but did you used to have like plastic cups that you're drinking from? Like you used to have the little ones with the um, with the beer at the end or, or the spout at the end that you drink from, and then you moved on to plastic cups. You're like game changer. Look how much I can drink. And then as you're kind of growing up, you then realise, wait a second, there's more than plastic cups. I've got glasses. I've got more that I can enjoy and drink from what I first thought I could have. I can have more water or whatever to enjoy. And then as I was growing up, game changer, I can have a bottle, right? I can actually take it as I go. I can enjoy the water that comes daily and in, in a greater container, a big one. And then my wife, who's wonderful, buys me this bottle to make sure I can drink on a daily and buys me this bad boy. It's bigger than my head, by the way. I mean, just for comparison's sake. It's massive. This bottle fits in this. In fact, um, this little glass here, I'm pretty sure I could drop and it would fit comfortably in this thing. But then I have a look at the bottle and I think about a lake or a pond or the oceans and you just start to see the small container I first thought is what I can have for water or for drinking or for enjoying compared to what I can actually get is nothing. And we can so do this with the Holy Spirit. We can so look at the Holy Spirit and say, let me just have a little sip. Let me just have a little thing without recognizing the full delight and the full fountain that we can have daily of enjoying the Holy Spirit. Let us not quench the Holy Spirit in a small container, but let us recognize the full enjoyment that we get from him. There is more to come as we dive deeper, but it's about us being active in diving deeper for that. Um, I'll just to kind of finish this bit, just going to quote from John Piper, who when he understood this, he became what is called a Christian hedonist. His idea of fully enjoying God. And he writes again in his probably most famous book in Desiring God, which is a great book. I, I've got it here just if you're interested in um, to, to get him, but it's a very, very good book that I would recommend. He says, the tree of faith grows only in a heart that craves the supreme gift that Christ died to give. Not health, not wealth, not prestige, but God. Test yourself here. There are many professing Christians who delight in God's gift, but not God. 
Would you want to go to heaven if God was not there, only his gifts? The pursuit of joy in God is not optional. It is not an extra that a person might grow into after he comes to faith. It is not simply a way to enhance your walk with the Lord. Until your heart has hit upon this pursuit, your faith cannot please God. Question is, are you pursuing the delight and presence of God? Are you really going for the, the full amount or are you just saying a little bit is okay? Are you craving the Holy Spirit? Because guess what? He craves us. Are you seeking and searching the Holy Spirit? It's a value because we want to be a people who are seeking and searching the Holy Spirit. In fact, Exodus 33, 15, Moses says um, to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us from here. Do you feel like that every morning? Maybe, lock, yes, we're locked up in our own home or we might be doing different things, but do you feel that when you wake up, God, if your presence doesn't go with me today, I will not be going. How much do you crave the Holy Spirit? Because as a church, as a value, we are to be doing so. Okay, next one. Worship. Big one. A church that is committed to worshipping Jesus in a place that gives time and focus to honouring him and his name. Um, for this one, I am going to stop speaking uh, now. I spoke earlier because what we've got is a wonderful uh, input from Ollie Knight. If you don't know who Ollie Knight is, um, he is doing this thing called Come Come and Worship with us, I think, or we'll Come and Sing um, on Facebook. Uh, he's a worship leader at Canterbury, but I'm going to let him introduce himself in this pre-recorded video interview I did with him about worship. So over to the interview. Great. Well, Oli, thank you so much for this. Thanks, Jeeves. We definitely haven't spoken just before this about anything, <laughs> which, which I always love about these things. Um, but can you just tell me, just so um, Hope knows a bit about you, can you just tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Hi, Hope. Um, I'm Ollie. Uh, I live down in Canterbury. I lead the worship team at the City Church in Canterbury, which is part of New Frontiers as well. And um, I got to know Jeeves because I photographed his brother and also his wedding, which is great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the connection. Yeah, very funny world how it is. Know, it is, it, is, it, is. Really is it really um, is. And also you do stuff with UCCF at Forum, which is really, really cool and, and sometimes leads worship there. So um, not new to worship in, in any front. In <laughs> it's, been, um, it's been great just because um, I, I think I've been able to serve in new frontier settings but then also in in different settings as well so like for uccf or for keswick and, and different environments where yeah. there's lots of different believers coming from different backgrounds and so I've, I've really enjoyed kind of ministering in those kind of places as well so it's kind of where i feel called to um by god so yeah yeah no amazing and i suppose that kind of comes on to the, the main thing of dealing with this kind of value about worship i suppose question question to you why worship? Like, why is worship so important in your life? Or why are you so bothered maybe to even serve and worship in different ways? Mm, that's a really good question. I think I'm, I'm bothered about corporate worship because I think it means um, a lot to uh, the Christian faith and to God himself. So I believe that God is a singing God himself. He rejoices over us with singing, as it says in Zephaniah 3. And um, and so I, I believe that we've been made in his image. So if he's a singing God, we should be a singing people. And I'm convinced that throughout the whole of scripture, God's people have always had a song. So um, like various 
different points in scripture, whether it's the Israelites crossing through the Red Sea, whether it's Mary when she's pregnant with Jesus, um, whether it's the scene in Revelation where all the living creatures and the elders and um, everyone's bowing down around the throne and, and singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Um, people throughout all time have, have praised God and it's always gone on because God is a singing God himself yeah. and it will always go on. So it's what we're being made to do for the future. So when we're all around the throne in eternity. So um, I believe if, if it matters to God, it should matter to us. And so I'm, I'm convinced um, that um, we, we should be a singing people as well. And um, nothing brings greater delight than when we were, we, we're doing what we're made to do. So if we've been made in God's image, if we're made to worship him and, and to adore him through song, then nothing should bring us greater joy than when we gather together in non-pandemic mm-hmm. times and when we, we praise him and when we sing um, to him together. So I'm convinced it's, it's important for us. Yeah, that's so helpful. I think to pick out a few things that you're saying, especially God singing over us during biblical time, there's a lot of singing that kind of way. Is worship just singing? Is, is that what you would kind of have a stance to say? That's a great question. So I believe that we should worship God with our whole lives. So I believe that our whole lives um, should be worshipful to God. Um, but scripture links worship with singing a lot so we can't get away from the fact that actually um we can call singing worship because um it's it's throughout scripture throughout so many of the psalms worship and singing it's kind of synonymous um god's people worship through song but our whole of our lives i i can't be you know leading worship on a sunday or singing god's praises with my hands in the air and then go and murder the next day like those two just don't seem to fit that's a bit of an extreme example yeah yeah yeah. um, sorry (laughs) steal a penny sweet um so so um so yeah so i i I think you know we we can't be like you know giving our all on on sunday like that and then going out and not living a life that's you know worthy of 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 what we're doing um that would be kind of like a double standard life wouldn't it but um i I think the whole of our whole of our lives should be worshipped to him yeah i think that's fascinating because um you know even even psalms as, as as a book is just full of kind of uh, different declarations both through singing both through speaking in that kind of way which is absolutely worship to god um i suppose then when you mention worship should be in every area of our life um that starts to hint both to a side where you're talking about about corporate worship but individual worship as well what do you think are the maybe similarities or difference or importance of both what a wonderful question so i think that um if all of us, you know, in our homes, Monday to Saturday, if we're all spending time delighting in God, you know, opening up his word, like, oh, this is who our God is. This is who we're you know, made to worship, made to enjoy. And if we're, you know, delighting in God through song throughout the week as well, if we're delighting in God through prayer, um, maybe, you know, in small groups as well throughout the week, then Sunday, when the church can come together and praise and sing, then I think it's like the um, uh, like the, the build up and that the celebration would be yeah. God's people coming together and, and singing on a, on a Sunday. Sometimes in our house, you know, we might have a little celebration with the kids and, you know, dance around the living room to praise songs. But generally it's on the Sunday morning that I, I, I find it's the most celebratory kind of god's people coming together rejoicing together and throughout the week it's almost like they're kind of i don't know the build up to the sunday the sunday's a celebration day and and the rest of the week so i i think there's there should be importance in both 
I'd be worried if the only time that I was praising God would be a Sunday with his people. I want to be praising God throughout the rest of the week um, through what I'm singing, through, you know, kind of what I'm reading, um, through my prayer life. Um, I think both are important. I, I think it, it, in my walk, I, I found intimacy, um, probably like slower, quieter, reflective songs, probably easier to do during the week. And then like the kind of, I, I don't know, I guess like the corporate kind of the celebratory worship, probably easier to engage with on, on a Sunday. That That's me. But I think both are important. Yeah. So it sounds like um, just to make, make sure and maybe to tackle maybe some um classic uh myths about worship about sunday instead of being a kind of big bang that's it you're dealt with for the week actually the week is kind of recharging the battery so it accumulates for the sunday praise to then start us on our own journey again have i got that kind of clear what I, you're I think, yeah i mean i i think there's there's something so wonderful about god's people coming together mm. and to be honest after the year that we've just had we're all just so eager just to be able to like belt yeah. out songs sing at the top of our lungs with brothers and sisters either side of us like singing and smiling and yeah. just like yeah isn't he good and and i lo- i long for that so much um I, yeah and and i think i think you're right i i think we need um we need to be kind of people that are delighting in in god throughout the week um and because I, I mean if if god's people just sung you know just together on a on a sunday and then you know negated that for the rest of the week i i just think that that wouldn't be a fulfilled life i i think yeah. i think we need to you know desire god through song um through 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 praising him um yeah during the week as well yeah amazing okay um i suppose as a penultimate question tackling maybe what would be a, a christian stereotype about lifting hands about putting hands down or you know the classic at the moment lockdown feel of turn my video off so i can just sit here and listen to worship songs or anything like that um does any of that matter in terms of what we do whilst we're worshiping so man looks on the outside god looks at the heart doesn't he so what matters most to god is what's going on in here Mm -hmm. so i could be doing all of this on a sunday morning and then, you know, kind of judging the worship leader or thinking badly of the person next to me for, you know, not being as good a Christian as me because they haven't got their hands in the air. And I'd, I'd be missing the point. But I think there's also an important aspect of our physicality. So I think our physicality sometimes and often represents what's going on in our hearts. So I know that for me, sometimes when I've got a a fresh revelation of, oh, I've been forgiven by Jesus and he saved me and he set me free. I just want to do something. I don't want to just stand there and just kind of gaze at the projector screen i want to be singing loudly i I probably want to be clapping i might even try and dance i can't really dance properly jeeves and you'll know this from your wedding i was was trying to dance along and i I couldn't really dance along too well but um thanks um but i I think i i I want to be doing something with 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 my body to to represent what's going on in my heart and um again you see it time time again in the psalms like raise hands all you people um you see it in david's life david dancing in his undergarments before the lord and i'm not saying we'll have to do that on Sunday mornings that'd be Praise a little Jesus. bit odd <laughs> but um but I I think something should go beyond just the you know the, the the standing and the looking in fact even you know on on zoom these days 
Um, I'm trying to encourage people to get out there from their seats and actually to stand. Um, I think there's something good about standing before God. Um, and also it lets more air into your lungs so you can sing louder. And, and I think it's good for us. Um, I think, to be honest, a culture has crept into the church over the last year because we've been on Zoom so much of just like of just staring at the screen. And, and to be honest, sometimes not even singing, not even joining in. Um, but I, I think, you know, I, I, and it is a shame because, you know, one person's unmuted, the rest are muted and and you know that that won't happen when we all get back back together praise god we'll all be able to hear each other's voices um but yeah i, I think physical matters um as as not as much as the heart but i think it does still matter yeah that's so helpful i think that really helps just guide us on what is a kind of conventional question about worship um i suppose just just to finish and especially as worship being under um the value heading of empowered by the holy spirit what would kind of be the last key encouragement or, or big encouragement that you'd give us as hope church seminars to continue to pursue worship uh during this lockdown but also after and actually as we continue to to be as a church yeah that's a good question i think realize that in and of ourselves we um like we're when it comes to worshiping god um we can't do it in ourselves it's it's the holy spirit within us that causes our hearts to cry out abba father that causes us to realize our sonship our adoption and it's um it's it's i mean think about the trinity so we we worship the father because of the work of the son at uh, the cross and resurrection in the power of the holy spirit yeah. and i love it in ephesians 2 it talks about um in jesus you're all being built together to become a dwelling place in which god lives by his yeah. spirit so actually if we are becoming a dwelling place if we're being built together as a church um, then there's something amazing happens that when yeah. we come together on a sunday um you know outside these times that going on at the moment but when we come together as a church on a sunday god himself is in our midst god is a dwelling place for him and we're being built together as brothers and sisters god in our midst we get to experience the god that we sing to it's not just a you know singing and memorizing lyrics for the sake of it we get to enjoy god we get to experience him and experience his presence and it's it's a wonderful gift so i think i'd en i'd encourage you guys as as a church and um, keep on trying to you know delight and, in, and enjoy god during these times i know they're tricky times i know it's a hard time we're going through at the moment but um try and engage when it comes to worship um you know get off of your seats if it's on zoom and, or if it's on youtube or whatever um stand up um sing um you know try and try and get back into the habit if, if you used to raise your hands on a sunday morning try and raise your hands in your living room and and just I I enjoy him but know that um, it's not just a sing song. It goes far mm. much deeper than that. It's a, it's an amazing privilege that actually we get to delight in the one who dwells with us. Um, so say it's, it's a God started, God initiated thing, but we get to uh, we get to join in with him, which is um, which is amazing. Yeah, mate. Thank you so much. I love you greatly, obviously, oh, as you know. You. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for this. And back to myself, I think. <laughs> in a good way. All right, thanks, Ollie. Thanks, mate. Thanks, James. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Ollie, thank you so much uh, for that. I think, Church, I think Ollie's just spoken such wisdom, really, for us to really hold and, and for us to really grasp in that way. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Um, but just, just to kind of finish in time what you're saying, it's clear then surely that worship is an integral and important part of our walk, not for us just to kind of sit and listen and all that kind of stuff, but for us to dive in deep, 
for us to be active in worship, whatever physically that means or whatever in the heart that means for us to enjoy it. My challenge to you is, are you a worshipper? Do you worship? Do you think about Tuesday prayer meeting as we hit as a church and go, I can't wait to be there because I can't wait to join as the congregation of Christ to worship and pray to integral parts of the value of the church. We don't want to be turning up on a prayer meeting and it's only, we know the church might be a large one number and the, on the prayer meeting it's less than 5% of the church that Tom turns up. But we want to be a church that all of us are knocking on the door, whether it's online or physically, to say, let us worship the King together. Are you a worshipper? Cool. Right. Let's go on to this last one. Gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit. My goodness me, what a big one it is. Um, a place where we embrace and encourage the use of gifts of the Holy Spirit and also look for the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, especially love. So as part of enjoying the Holy Spirit, we get to enjoy the Holy Spirit as the person and help of God that is God as he is. And we also get the privilege of enjoying the gifts and fruits that we are blessed by, by enjoying God as well. We must start with the place of enjoying Jesus and start from the place enjoying Father God and start from the place enjoying the Holy Spirit, the triune of God, before we look at gifts and fruits. Because it's important that we enjoy the person rather than the gift. In fact, um, in Ephesians, ah, not there, I did my style. In Ephesians 2 verse 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. We enjoy the person first and then we dive into what we bless by enjoying the person. If Ian gave me a gift, if I just kind of solely focus on the gift rather than enjoying him and what he's thought and what he thought of, then I'm neglecting the fact of what he has done. I need to enjoy the person first, which is why we started that first value before we dive into enjoying the gift. Because this adds into the active participation we get as part of the body of Christ in working for him and in having a kingdom mindset for his glory. We enjoy the presence of God as we continue to enjoy the blessings from God. Therefore, in that way, as we enjoy the presence of God, we can easily state that we believe that gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit is coming today because we're enjoying God first. To kind of give a theological kind of wrap around it is going to be where I'm going to try my pronunciation. We believe in continuationism, i.e. that gifts of the Spirit and the movement of the Spirit is alive and present in the church today, not um, cessationism, which is that the gifts of the Spirit and moon of the spirit ended with the first disciples, i.e. what is known in the Bible. We believe that the gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit is alive and working today. And it's important that we state that as one of our values because other denominations believe in cessationism. But we as Hope Church Oaks, believe in continuationism, nearly tripped up there, <laughs> uh, because we believe that the working and moon of the Holy Spirit is alive today because we get to enjoy the Holy Spirit as a person today. 
It's really important that we understand the, the, the way and logical mindset of the theology for that, because it helps just drive us further into deepening our enjoyment of God. It also helps us to make sure that we understand where gifts and fruits are placed, that our own ego and our own self-pride doesn't fall into the fact of looking at gifts in a way. So if I, me preaching, I don't kind of elevate my own pride because I am preaching, or those who might be leading worship don't elevate their own pride in the fact that they worship, but they recognise that actually doing this is because it's part of enjoying God. I, this is not about me, me preaching. It's not me, my gift that I get to say, look at me, look at what I'm doing. But I'm using this gift for the kingdom of God because it's all about him. And I'm doing this as a way to say, thank you, Jesus, for the, the gift that you've put in me. But I'm doing this to enjoy you more and to glorify you more, not so that I can be seen. And that way around the thinking helps get that in the right mindset. So we need to understand the core description between gifts and fruits. So as I am a logical man, I've made a table. Um, so gifts and fruits, what are the differences between gifts of the Spirit and fruits of the Spirit? Well, you've got one that's kind of mainly detailed in 1 Corinthians 12, which is the gifts of the Spirit. It's kind of all over in, in the New Testament, mainly in Paul's letters that we talk about different gifts of the Holy Spirit. Fruits of the Spirit, the main place that is kind of detailed, uh, is in Galatians 5, but it's modelled again throughout the Bible uh, in different ways. So the difference is, one, gifts are spirit-given, action-focused. So stuff that we do, spirit-given, so we receive it from the spirit, but action-focused, stuff that we do. Fruits is spirit-grown, something that's done in, in us, character-focused. It shapes our character, it shapes who we are further. If I receive love from God and that grows deep within me in the well of my spirit and my soul, the love then changes who I am and comes out in character. In that kind of way. Gifts are used for the wider body for the kingdom. It enables the movement of the kingdom. It enables that God is seen in different ways. Now God is seen in both, but in gifts, it's mainly in terms of as it's action focused, it's stuff that we get a participant and do that is in for the kingdom of God and to spread the kingdom of God. Fruits is for our bodies, as in it changes us and it develops in us for the kingdom of God to be developed. So i.e., love, as I recognize love more, I become more loving, and that lovingness that grows in me outpours into others for the kingdom of God. That's that's dealing with stuff in me. But if I am you know, growing in administration. Actually, that's a, that's a, that is a gift. Um, if I'm growing in that and learning that, it might shape me in a better mindset, but it's mainly so that I can participate and do that for the spreading of the kingdom of God. And so just to highlight some, um, not to kind of dive in too deep because I don't want to say them all, but just stuff to call out here. Um, discernment is a gift miracles and praying for miracles as we've done today praying miraculously for karen to to be healed it's a gift that we get a participant in for spreading the kingdom of god and having kingdom mission mindset um and, and as part of that teaching and evangelism come under that which is why we are plugging alpha that is part of those who are involved so ruben and gabby and Andrew and ian and, and those who are involved have a particular gift 
In evangelism, we might have a multitude of gifts, but some of us are particularly trained in some gifting areas. I, as a professional, um, I work in cybersecurity. Not everyone works in cybersecurity, but we all might use technology and IT. We might all have a certain gift, but my particular area is the cybersecurity. Same with gifts. We might all have a little bit of that, but some of us are gifted in certain areas. And so Alpha, hopefully a link will be sent in the chat now, um, or if already has done, get people to sign up to Alpha. Just because you're not part of the Alpha team doesn't mean that you don't have a gifting in evangelism. We're called to use that for the kingdom of God. No one's called out prophecy. Prophecy. It's a gift. We are meant to use it. We are meant to use it on church. We are meant to use it in daily lives. It's why tomorrow we are starting the Prophecy Workshop with Dave Shadbolt, which you are so welcome to join in. Even if you might not fully have that gift, don't count yourself out. This is for us all to continue to learn how we can use this gift for the kingdom of God. They're gifts. And for fruits, the Green Installation 5, love. We're called to be lovers of God and therefore as we understand the love of God the love for others put out joy is a fruit I've just been so striving for joy and understanding more which is desiring God um, as a book by John Piper can help really shape and mold that better but joy as I become more joyful and understanding how deeply rooted I am in Christ and the joy that comes out of that as I recognise his glory and his goodness and his mercy and the joy of the Lord comes and pours out, I become more joyful. That my smile on my face is not a mask or fake or just because I'm happy because I fully understand how joyful it is to be founded in Christ. Self-control, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, Wonderful things are fruits of the Holy Spirit. And we are called to make sure that we are using these. We are active in these. Active in gifts for the spreading of the kingdom of God. And continue seeing the fruits of God that he's planting in us, seen in our lives. Fundamentally, we are called to be these active members uh, to use these despite the cost. In fact, in Galatians 5, 16, 25, before it states the fruits, it describes this continued process of living with the Spirit, of walking by the Spirit, being led with by the Spirit, bearing the fruit of the Spirit, and living by the Spirit by keeping step with the Spirit. All our lives are enjoying the Holy Spirit, but as we enjoy the Holy Spirit, we continue to see these fruits pour out from us and we continue to use the gifts to see the kingdom spread further beloved family where are you at with these things um john bunyan who um he wrote pilgrim's progress for his greatest work um he was in prison uh, for 12 years in 1660 for preaching the gospel and as he was in prison he wrote this kind of publication called uh let me sure okay right grace abounding to the chief of chief of sinners about his own reflection of his life and he's writing it about using the gift of the spirit um, and he says this this stirred me actually it's from i read it from this book called devotional classics i would recommend it heavily to you if you want to um get it uh it just has a whole bunch of people writing stuff but he writes this 
I began to see that the Holy Spirit never intended the people who had gifts and abilities should bury them in the earth, but rather he commanded and stirred up such people to exercise their gift and sent out to work those who would be able and ready. And so, although I was the most unworthy of all saints, I set upon this work, though trembling, I used my gift to preach the blessed gospel in proportion to my faith, as God has shown me in holy word of truth. John Bunyan, through humility, recognised that actually if he had been given a gift, even if it was to send him to prison, he is to do so. To be shaped by the fruits of the Spirit and to use the gifts of the Spirit is a continual intentional choice we need to do. 2 Timothy 1, 6-7, Paul writes to his beloved um, apostolic disciple son, fan to fame the gifts that God has given you through the laying of my hands, because God has given you spirit, not of fear, but power, love and self-control. Guess what? We preach and say that over Ignite. That is our vision statement, our Bible statement we say over the youth because we want to believe that they continue to grow in the fruits of the Spirit and use the gifts of Spirit as God put in them. Well, beloved church, if we're praying that over the youth, I pray that we say that over ourselves. What are we doing intentionally to seek after the Holy Spirit and use the gifts? To land, as I'm sure many of you will be wishing for. We are called to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, not by a random request or addition, but by seeking the presence of God, by worshipping him and enjoying him, and by using the gifts and seeing the fruits of the Spirit be born in our lives. These are core values that we believe that actually as a child of God, we get to enjoy God. No other religion has this. No other religion has God sacrificing himself to then die, die in a way to send a helper who is God to live with us. So what are we doing to be intentional to enjoy God as well? So if you want prayer for this, actually, we would love to pray for you. We're going to have a breakout room to pray specifically for you. After this, we're going to go into an interactive session. But let me pray as I kind of close and finish our time this morning. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. We want to be a people seeking after the presence of God, seeking and worshipping you with great delight and great joy, looking for every opportunity to worship you in our lives, not just as a congregation, but as individual. And we want to be using the gifts um, of the Spirit to pursue the kingdom of God and to have a kingdom mission mindset and to see the fruits of the Spirit continue to deepen our faith further as we see you work out more in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. And we pray, Holy Spirit, continue to have your way. Amen.